0: The second letter to the corinthians introduction and in chapters 1 through 5 from the 20th century new testament this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by j a carter www.authenticlight.org the 20th century new testament by a company of about 20 scholars THE SECOND LETTER TO THE CORINTHIANS INTRODUCTION AND CHAPTERS 1 THROUGH 5 INTRODUCTION ST. PAUL'S SECOND LETTER TO THE CORINTHIANS WRITTEN PROBABLY DURING HIS STAY IN MACEDONIA IN THE COURSE OF HIS THIRD MISSIONARY JOURNEY ABOUT 55 A.D. IN THE BRIEF PERIOD THAT SEEMS TO HAVE INTERVENED BETWEEN THE WRITING OF ST. PAUL'S TWO EXISTING LETTERS TO THE CORINTHIANS, THE APOSTLE APPEARS TO HAVE PAID A SECOND VISIT TO CORINTH, OF WHICH NO ACCOUNT HAS COME DOWN TO US. 2 corinthians chapter 12 verse 14 and chapter 13 verse 1 apparently that visit failed of its object and the reception given to the apostle was not such as he had the right to expect it seems that saint paul returning to ephesus wrote a strongly worded letter to his disloyal corinthian converts and that this letter effected as he afterward learned the purpose which the visit had failed to effect that letter is generally thought to have been lost but it has been suggested with some probability that part of it forms the last four chapters of this so-called second letter to the corinthians a few months later a riot instigated by demetrius the silversmith drove the apostle from ephesus acts chapter 19 verse 20 and second corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 travelling northwards the apostle went to the troad in the hope of meeting titus who had been sent possibly with the lost letter to corinth and of receiving from him some reassuring news as to the position of matters in the corinthian church but titus had not yet arrived and after waiting for him for some time in vain saint paul keenly disappointed second corinthians chapter two verse thirteen went on into macedonia there he met titus at philippi and to the apostles great joy titus was able to report that the letter had been well received and promptly acted upon by the majority of the corinthian christians and that they cherished a hearty affection for St. Paul himself. On the other hand, the Apostle was greatly distressed to learn that there were members of the Church who still stubbornly refused to submit to his authority, and who attacked him with cruel and persistent slander. This news, brought by Titus, may have been the occasion of the present letter. It is an outburst of passionate feeling, in which the Apostle expresses his gratitude for the kindness and obedience manifested toward him by the majority of the Church, and defends his own personal character and apostolic authority against the unscrupulous attacks of the minority. Chapter 1 To the Church of God in Corinth, and to all Christ's people throughout Greece, from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and from Timothy, a brother, May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ bless you and give you peace. Blessed is the God and Father of Jesus Christ our Lord, the all-merciful Father, the God ever ready to console, who consoles us in all our troubles, so that we may be able to console those who are in any trouble with the consolation that we ourselves receive from Him. It is true that we have our full share of the sufferings of the Christ, but through the Christ we have also our full share of consolation. If we meet with trouble, it is for the sake of your consolation and salvation And if we find consolation, it is for the sake of the consolation that you will experience when you are called to endure the very sufferings that we ourselves are enduring. And our hope for you remains unshaken. We know that, as you are sharing our sufferings, you will also share our consolation. We want you brothers to know that in the troubles which befell us in Roman Asia, we were burdened altogether beyond our strength, so much so that we even despaired of life, Indeed, we had the presentiment that we must die, so that we might rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And from so imminent a death God delivered us, and will deliver us again, for in Him we have placed our hopes of future deliverance, while you also help us by your prayers. And then many lips will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us in answer to many prayers. Indeed, our main ground for satisfaction is this. Our conscience tells us that our conduct in the world, and still more in our relations with you, was marked by a purity of motive and a sincerity that were inspired by God, and was based not on worldly policy, but on the help of God. We never write anything to you other than what you read in public and acknowledge, and my hope is that you will acknowledge to the very end, and indeed you have already partly acknowledged it about us, that you have a right to be proud of us, as we shall be proud of you on the day of our Lord Jesus. With this conviction in my mind, I planned to come to see you first, so that your pleasure might be doubled, to visit you both on my way to Macedonia, and to come to you again on my return from Macedonia, and then to get you to send me on my way into Judea. As this was my plan, where, pray, did I show any fickleness of purpose? Or do you think that my plans are formed on mere impulse, so that in the same breath I say yes and no? As God is true, The message that we brought you does not waver between yes and no the son of god christ jesus whom we silas timothy and i proclaimed among you never wavered between yes and no with him it has always been yes for many as were the promises of god in christ is the yes that fulfills them therefore through christ again let the amen rise through us to the glory of god god who brings us with you into close union with christ and who consecrated us, also set his seal upon us, and gave us his spirit in our hearts, as a pledge of future blessings. But as my life shall answer for it, I call God to witness that it was to spare you that I deferred my visit to Corinth. I do not mean that we are to dictate to you with regard to your faith. On the contrary, we work with you for your true happiness. Indeed, it is through your faith that you are standing firm. Chapter 2 For my own sake as well i decided not to pay you another painful visit if it is i who cause you pain why who is there to cheer me except the very person whom i am paining? so i wrote as i did for fear that if i had come i should have been pained by those who ought to have made me glad for i felt sure that it was true of you all that my joy was in every case yours also i wrote to you in sore trouble and in distress of heart and with many tears not to give you pain but to let you see how intense a love I have for you. Now whoever has caused you the pain has not so much pained me, as he has, to some extent, not to be too severe, pained every one of you. The man to whom I refer has been sufficiently punished by the penalty inflicted by the majority of you, so that now you must take the opposite course, and forgive and encourage him, or else he may be overwhelmed by the intensity of his pain. So I entreat you to assure him of your love. I had this further object also in what I wrote, to ascertain whether you might be relied upon to be obedient in everything. When you forgive a man anything, I forgive him too. Indeed, for my part, whatever I have forgiven, if I have had to forgive anything, I have forgiven for your sakes, in the presence of Christ, so as to prevent Satan from taking advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. When I went to the district round Troas to tell the good news of the Christ, even though there was an opening for serving the Master, I could get no peace of mind, because I failed to find Titus, my brother. So I took leave of the people there, and went on to Macedonia. All thanks to God, who through our union with the Christ leads us in one continual triumph, and uses us to spread the sweet odour of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are the fragrance of Christ ascending to God, both among those who are in the path of salvation, and among those who are in the path of ruin. To the latter, we are an odour which arises from death and tells of death, to the former an odour which arises from life and tells of life. But who is equal to such a task? Unlike many people, we are not in the habit of making profit out of God's message, but in all sincerity and bearing God's commission, we speak before Him in union with Christ. Chapter 3 Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or are we like some who need letters of commendation to you or from you, you yourselves are our letter a letter written on our hearts and one which everybody can read and understand all can see that you are a letter from christ delivered by us a letter written not with ink but with the spirit of the living god not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts this then is the confidence in regard to god that we have gained through the christ i do not mean that we are fit to form any judgment by ourselves as if on our own authority our fitness comes from god who himself made us fit to be ministers of a new covenant of which the substance is not a written law but a spirit for the written law means death but the spirit gives life if the system of religion which involved death embodied in a written law and engraved on stones began amidst such glory that the israelites were unable to gaze at the face of moses on account of its glory though it was but a passing glory will not the religion that confers the spirit have still greater glory For if there was a glory in the religion that involved condemnation, far greater is the glory of the religion that confers righteousness. Indeed that which then had glory has lost its glory, because of the glory which surpasses it. And if that which was to pass away was attended with glory, far more will that which is to endure be surrounded with glory. With such a hope as this, we speak with all plainness, unlike moses who covered his face with a veil to prevent the israelites from gazing at the disappearance of what was passing away but their minds were slow to learn indeed to this very day at the public reading of the old covenant the same veil remains unlifted only for those who are in union with christ does it pass away but even to this day whenever moses is read a veil lies on their hearts yet whenever a man turns to the lord the veil is removed and the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and all of us with faces from which the veil is lifted seeing as if reflected in a mirror the glory of the lord are being transformed into his likeness from glory to glory as it is given by the lord the spirit chapter four therefore since it is by god's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry we do not lose heart no we have renounced the secrecy prompted by shame refusing to adopt crafty ways or to tamper with god's message and commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of god by our exhibition of the truth and even if the good news that we bring is veiled it is veiled only in the case of those who are on the path to ruin men whose minds have been blinded by the god of this age unbelievers as they are so that the light from the good news of the glory of the christ who is the very incarnation of god should not shine on them. For it is not ourselves that we proclaim, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Indeed, the same God who said, Out of darkness light shall shine, has shone in upon our hearts, so that we should bring out into the light the knowledge of the glory of God seen in the face of Christ. This treasure we have in these earthen vessels, that its all-prevailing power may be seen to come from God, and not to be our own, though hard pressed on every side we are never hemmed in though perplexed never driven to despair though pursued never abandoned though struck down never killed we always bear on our bodies the marks of the death that jesus died so that the life also of jesus may be exhibited in our bodies indeed we who still live are continually being given over to death for jesus sake so that the life also of jesus may be exhibited in our mortal nature And so while death is at work within us, life is at work within you. But in the same spirit of faith as that expressed in the words, I believed, and therefore I spoke, we also believe, and therefore speak. For we know that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with him, and will bring us with you into his presence. For all this is for your sakes, that the loving kindness of God, spreading from heart to heart, may cause yet more hearts to overflow with thanksgiving to his glory therefore as i said we do not lose heart no even though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day the light burden of our momentary trouble is preparing us in measure transcending thought the weight of imperishable glory we all the while gazing not on what is seen but on what is unseen for what is seen is transient but what is unseen is imperishable chapter five For we know that if our tent, that earthly body which is now our home, is taken down, we have a house of God's building, a home not made by hands, imperishable in heaven, even while in our present body we sigh, longing to put over it our heavenly dwelling, sure that when we have put it on we shall never be found discarnate. For we who are in this tent sigh under our burden, unwilling to take it off, yet wishing to put our heavenly body over it, so that all that is mortal may be absorbed in life. And he who has prepared us for this change is God, who has also given us his spirit as a pledge. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while our home is in the body, we are absent from our home with the Lord. For we guide our lives by faith, and not by what we see. And in this confidence we would gladly leave our home in the body, and make our home with the Lord. Therefore whether in our home or absent from our home, our one ambition is to please him. For at the bar of christ we must all appear in our true characters that each may reap the results of the life which he has lived in the body in accordance with his actions whether good or worthless therefore because we know the fear inspired by the lord it is true that we are trying to win men but our motives are plain to god and i hope that in your inmost hearts they are plain to you also we are not commending ourselves again to you but rather are giving you cause for pride in us so that you may have an answer ready for those who pride themselves on appearances and not on character for if we were beside ourselves it was in god's service and if we are now in our senses it is in yours it is the love of the christ which compels us when we reflect that as one died for all therefore all died and that he died for all so that the living should no longer live for themselves but for him who died and rose for them for ourselves then from this time forward we refuse to regard anyone from the world's standpoint, even if we once thought of Christ from the standpoint of the world, yet now we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in union with Christ, he is a new being. His old life has passed away, a new life has begun. But all this is the work of God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, to proclaim that God in Christ was reconciling the world to himself, not reckoning men's offenses against them, and that he had entrusted us with the message of this reconciliation. It is then on Christ's behalf that we are acting as ambassadors, God, as it were, appealing to you through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Him who never knew sin, God made to be sin on our behalf, so that we, through union with him, might become the righteousness of god end of introduction and chapters 1 through 5